The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Tuesday edition of PFTOT, where we talk about the things we didn't get to during the program, and we elaborate on some of the things we discussed. I've never heard you say that here. before. I've never heard that before. Hmm. Well, what, in case somebody, listen, what, do you, what, what else should I say? Hello. <laughs> Hello. We're not going to tell you what this is. Just sit there and shut up and listen. <laughs> should I do that instead? People need to know what. <laughs> what what was that? Interesting. Yeah, it was saying wah, wah, I, What was wah, that? that yeah, yeah, that's sorry. the. Uh, that still sounds like the Close Encounters mothership. I guess that's the sound they use for the the trivia sh- question. If you're wrong, yes. is that the sound that gets used? All right, yes. I was right today, and you thought I cheated, and that really hurt me because oh. I did not cheat. I'm telling you, okay, there was no cheating. Okay, that I knew Felix Jones. Out, of, I, it was supposed to be. I understand. I'm supposed to say Emmett Smith, and when I first heard I, I, Emmett Smith, no, Felix Jones. Felix Jones, I think he was picked 21 or 22 back in 2008. Okay, so, I'll buy uh, it. I'll, you're you're being right. so strong with it. I, I'll believe you. All right. Um, believe this. Jimmy Garoppolo has to prove himself this year or he won't be the quarterback of the 49ers in 2020. We've been all over this. Not that we're looking for any extra credit. Not that it's all that difficult to figure out. 49ers fans got pissed off the first time we articulated the idea because they don't want anything to bust that bubble of, hey, we're 0-0 zero and zero and anything can happen this year, including winning the Super Bowl. But the reality is, if this team struggles, if this team fails, if Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured again, Chris, your buddy Kyle Shanahan is going to throw him overboard. And, and look, that's the way football works. If you're not getting it done, then you're done. And with all that money that he's due to make next year and the full guarantee doesn't vest until April 1 and they'd only have $4.2 million in cap charges that they'd have to eat, I think he's gone. The question is, who would they replace him with? So let, let's let's put the cart way ahead of the horse here. Let's assume they stink this year. Let's assume he stinks this year. Let's assume that they're in the top 10 in the draft. What do they do? in 2020 for a quarterback yeah if there's a quarterback there okay that they feel like okay because now we're at the point if this does happen and what you're saying I mean Jimmy Jimmy G is under tremendous pressure I would say out of all the quarterbacks in football I don't know if there's a quarterback under more pressure than Jimmy G for all the reasons I mean we don't know what he is he's being paid like he's a franchise quarterback superstar and of course it's year three of the Shanahan Lynch regime and things haven't been that great to this point so he is under tremendous pressure now the big thing is pertaining to what you're asking is is there a quarterback out there that's ready to step in day one because the Shanahan as if this is the case and after the year they're they're in the top 10 picking in the NFL draft again that means of course it was not a very good year and he needs to win next year or his butt is done and he will be fired so I I I mean I hear what you're saying I mean you know I don't know where it goes there do you make a play for Tua Tagovailoa down there in, in Alabama I think the one that jumps out to me and Mike you said this way back when is if this happens and Kirk Cousins flutters in Minnesota I would not be shocked if something happened along those lines to where Kirk Cousins ends up back with Kyle Shanahan. That would be me if I just had a little crystal ball. Uh, but, but, of course, we're far, far away from that right now. 
Well, remember back when the 49ers traded with the Patriots for Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan was crestfallen to a certain extent because he thought Kirk Cousins was going to be the guy for them in 2018 when he became an unrestricted free agent after Washington didn't apply the franchise tag for a third straight time. So that door got slammed shut by Jimmy Garoppolo. And and remember, there was actually some thought that he was still going to go after Kirk Cousins. Weren't you saying that? That they were going to franchise tag Jimmy G and trade him and then go after Kirk Cousins still? I think you were saying that back in early 2018. So that, that link is still there. Yes. Fourth round pick in 2012 right. out of Michigan State when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in Washington. And uh, there's still that Yeah, he knows the offense, he can run the offense, and that's what Kyle Shanahan needs. And the fact that he's got the sixth, uh, the six-year contract that is fully guaranteed with no offset, it does buy Kyle Shanahan some more time. Yes. And and I think that he gets a fourth year, maybe a fifth year, but come year four, they're going to have to make a dramatic change, and I think it's going to be a new quarterback if they fail this season. Yes, def- definitely. And, and then, hey, you, you mentioned during the show, they're back in Kansas City this week where it all kind of went wrong for the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. Good thing is it's only five days away. But, yeah, Jimmy G, is he certainly needs to rebound from his performance that we saw uh, last night. And, again, I'm not going to sit there and just go, oh, gosh, I was expecting like really great play no come on the, the the sport deserves more respect than that when you haven't played it in a while and you're out there in front of screaming fans and guys are trying to rip off your head it does become different but it was the way it looked I think that was concerning even if it was one for six and oh it was a tip pass and oh the ball there was one ball just slightly thrown behind and oh he threw it to another guy and he was open and he just missed him that would be different but what we saw last night was like almost like rookie quarterback crap, right? I mean, that's what you kind of saw. We were like, man, I mean, he it, I don't know I don't know who he was throwing to on that first interception. Was it it was in between two different guys. You know, had another one where it was it could have been a pick six. It was right in the guy's bread basket. So, it's that that kind of bothers me more than anything, not necessarily the the overall stat line. Yeah, and uh, look, the bottom line is you either have a great quarterback or you don't. And there's that third category of team that isn't quite sure whether or not their quarterback is going to be a franchise quarterback and they're giving it more time before they pick one side or the other. And the Dolphins most recently gave extra time to Ryan Tannehill before they decided he's not the guy. Now, in New Orleans, they know Drew Brees is the guy. The question is, who's the guy after Drew Brees moves on? And Taysom Hill is generating some positive buzz. He's not just a gimmick. He's not just a guy who's going to come in and throw the ball deep down the field. And Sean Payton had this to say about Taysom Hill in comparing him, Steve, to your good friend, or Chris, to your good friend, Steve Young. I said it was going so well until I blew it. (laughs) To your good friend, Chris Steve Young. Yes. If you look back at Steve's career, people don't remember the time before he came to the NFL. He, You have a very athletic player. I think that advanced when he got to San Francisco. He always had great ability with his legs, so you're trying to create visions for players, and that's no different than how you'd evaluate how we see Teddy Bridgewater progressing and what we think he can be. That's the business we're in. So you take this, and we referred to Matthew Stafford as kind of a lump of clay that's never been formed into a real franchise quarterback by coaching. You take a guy like Taysom Hill with those skills and you have Sean Payton craft him into the best decision maker he can be and a guy who can take advantage of the mismatches that Payton can create through great design of plays, 
Maybe Taysom Hill is the next guy in New Orleans. Chris. He gave us all hope the other day in, in uh, Los Angeles against the Chargers. I can say that. It was not just gimmick crap. It wasn't just, oh, I can throw the ball 50 yards on a laser down the field and, you know, hopefully it's on target. No, it was it was kind of real quarterback play what we saw. And I think that's extremely encouraging. And, and Sean Payton's right. You know, uh, Steve Young, early on in his 49er career, I mean, they were like reworking with him on how to throw the football. Football. I mean, they really were. And Taysom Hill's been an athlete, and he has to learn how to play quarterback. But I think this is very intriguing. I mean, do you think you know? Do you think they'd make him the backup quarterback there? Would Teddy Bridgewater leave town? Would they release him? Uh, I mean, it's just it's interesting to me. It's not like Teddy Bridgewater. And I know he was under the weather the other day. Has blown us away with what he did at the end of last year, or what we've seen in the preseason to this point. And Taysom Hill. I come away seeing him, and I, I come away with my jaw dropped sometimes and blown away going, whoa. I mean, that was an unreal throw. And, whoa, there was a little touch on that pass over the middle. And then, whoa, look at that run, breaking tackles, outrunning people down the sideline. I mean, you know, the, the proof is kind of in the pudding right now, and I just wonder if Sean Payton and company will have the guts to make that type of move. Well, look, here's the bottom line. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going anywhere. I think Sean Payton wants to continue to work with him. There is a very strong connection between Teddy Bridgewater and Bill Parcells, and there's a strong connection between Bill Parcells and Sean Payton. And remember, Teddy Bridgewater was talking about joining the Dolphins before the, the Saints got reinvolved and said, we want you to stay here. They have a vision for Teddy Bridgewater. And regardless of how you order the depth chart, the bottom line is, all three quarterbacks are going to dress every Sunday for the Saints. You're going to yes. have Breeze. You're going to have Bridgewater. You're going to have Hill. So you can keep Hill at number three, but just use him more often. What's Teddy Bridgewater going to say? Hey, I'm the number two guy. I should be going into the game more. So I think that, that Hill, you know, it gets very interesting, and I don't want to put the jinx on Drew, especially since I interview him in two hours. If he would get injured, who would be the guy? That's really the question. Yes. Would it be Bridgewater? Would it be Hill? Would it be both? Right. And I think from Sean Payton's perspective, you probably would use both guys in maybe equal measure. He might at first. He, he certainly might. I mean, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater's, of course, more traditional, used to executing these type of offenses to where he might feel more comfortable from that standpoint throwing Bridgewater out there. Taysom Hill, yes, to, to what we know and seen in the NFL, has been that gadget guy uh, with an occasional throw just to keep everybody honest. But it seems like he is evolving along those lines. And, yeah, it could be one of those things where they throw kind of both of them out there and maybe a week or two go by in games where he looks at it and goes, okay no you know I'm gonna go with this guy now I've seen enough in these two games could be something like that but you're right too they're gonna keep all three guys we know that because Taysom Hill has a huge niche on on special teams and things like that so they need him in that in that uh in that area as well and and this is one of those feather in the cap type players where Sean Payton found him and developed him and in that regard there, there, there are some, some rough parallels back to Bill Parcells, Sean Payton, and Tony Romo in Dallas because Romo, an undrafted guy that nobody really knew all that much about, and Bill Parcells turned him into that franchise quarterback. Remember when Sean Payton got the job in New Orleans in 2006, one of the first things he tried to do was trade for Tony Romo before he'd become the starter in Dallas, and Parcells said, no way, no how. So I think there's some pride that goes into saying, I found this guy and I made this guy, yes. and maybe he will be the guy. Definitely. All right, we've, we've spent a lot of time the past few weeks talking about Raiders receiver Antonio Brown. His cousin Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, is a first-round pick of the Ravens, and he's practiced – almost as little as Antonio has practiced, but he's got a 
a real foot injury, not not that frostbite isn't a real injury, but he's got an inside-the-foot injury, he had foot surgery. And John Harbaugh, the coach of the Ravens, said on Monday that Hollywood Brown has a ways to go in order he's before he's going to be ready to play. And said Harbaugh of Brown, he basically practiced for the first time in a more aggressive setting. So I saw the guy that was practicing for the first time. He just needs to get accustomed to it. It's all new for him. The speed of it, the thinking, the lining up, running the right route. He has a ways to go with all that. I'm confident he'll get there and we'll know what to to do to use him. But but it's just great work for him to get back on the practice field. And, you know, look, this guy's got a ton of potential. And I yeah. don't know how they're going to use him in that offense. Is he going to be a decoy? Is he going to be a guy Lamar Jackson's throwing the ball to? But... You know, it, it's hard to get ready for that rookie season if you're not involved in the preparation. It it's is. a huge culture shock from college to the NFL. And I don't expect much from Marquise Brown this year just because he hasn't had the opportunity to truly prepare for it. Yeah, it, it is. It's very hard to jump in, uh, you know, when everybody's a month in already and you're a rookie and you're not – and added to that, you're not 100% yet. So you're kind of feeling your way out with your body and things like that. Hey, I was shocked that, that Baltimore took uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown in the first round. I mean, Baltimore is a team that's – they're looking to win the Super Bowl. They're kind of in that window right now. And this is a foot injury. I believe it was Liz Frank, right? That's a pretty serious issue. I mean, last time I checked, feet are pretty important to guys who have to run fast and plant their feet in the ground and come out of those, you know, and break and explode out that way to where, yeah, I don't expect them to, to contribute a whole lot this year either. That's where it kind of surprised me where they didn't just maybe wait or take, take another guy that they knew was healthy that could contribute right away. He can fly down the field. He's a speed guy. He's Deshaun Jackson ish. in as far as what he is, uh, you know, looked at to be in the NFL, but I'm with you, Mike. I, I don't think uh, we can expect a whole lot from him. Maybe maybe he can round into form when it becomes playoff time or December to then where he can make his presence known. But, you know, Sammy Watkins had foot issues, and he still has foot issues. And that's where my mind goes when, when I thought about Hollywood Brown. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And for a guy in his first season, you just can't expect much if he's not – able to practice if he is recovering from that serious condition and also it's this offense who who the hell knows what this offense is going to be he's right. got to learn that offense and he hasn't been able to practice to learn it all right Chris I don't know if you've noticed this but we've changed up the topics for today because we want to get back to the Baker Mayfield comments about Daniel Jones and and I actually have been sent a chunk of the actual story. We talked at the end of the show about how in the world Baker Mayfield found himself in a position to throw shade at Daniel Jones. And what he said about Daniel Jones is, I can't believe the Giants took him. And it blows my mind. Some people overthink it. That That's where people go wrong. They forget you've got to win. And he also said that identifying the great characteristics of a quarterback is a simple process. Either you have a history of winning and being that guy for your team, or you don't. So that's his criticism of Daniel Jones. But, Chris, here's how it's set up. I'm going to read to you the line before the first quote from Baker Mayfield about Daniel Jones. This is from whoever wrote the article. Near our booth, a Sports Center segment about the New York Giants catches Mayfield's eye. And then he says what he said. I mean, prime example. Mayfield probably huh? doesn't know this is the interview. Yes. It We're sounds just like hanging it. out, getting to know each other. Right, right. Ha having having a smoothie or a cup of coffee or a you know a ham sandwich and and hey oh there's oh I can't believe they took that guy I don't think Baker Mayfield knew 
that the recorder was on when he said what he said. I, I, I mean, I don't think Jalen Ramsey knew what he said and uh, thought it was being recorded either with the GQ. You know, GQ, it sounds like comes there. They spend the day with the guy. And yes, guys in the NFL are accustomed to NFL beat writers and like that where – yeah, at some point you just sit down and, okay, let's start the interview, right? And and really there's a little bit of a, I don't know, a professionalism or an understanding that, you know, before that we might say some things, but that's not the interview. I mean, and, we're, and that's not going to be made public. This seems like that's never made clear to where the player has to say at some point off the record, hey, this is off the record, right? I can't believe they drafted Daniel Jones. You believe that crap? I mean, uh, so I am shocked that Baker Mayfield would say this, and I'm with you. I don't think he meant for it to be said or published publicly. I think this is something he said and thought he was just making an observation about sports, and he didn't want to make a make a, a stink about it. But now it's going to be a stink, and especially with you know Daniel Jones playing good, it's kind of going to get thrown back into Baker's face, I'm sure, on social media and things today. And this creates a dilemma for me because on one hand, I love the content, right? I'm yeah. not complaining that we have this thing that we can talk about. But on the other hand, I don't like it. I, I, I almost feel this is weird. And I, I want to make sure I articulate this the right way. I, I, I feel kind of a level of protection like like don't like hey you non-football reporters don't come make our players look bad yeah right yeah right because you know what you're doing you're setting them up for this they're in their early 20s they, they don't understand they're they going to down gq the this is they, cool I, i'm gonna be on the cover right. of gq and i'm gonna be wearing all these clothes oh wait they're gonna talk to me about football yeah i'll talk about football oh wait they're doing this long ass article where they have all these quotes where they make me look bad for saying these things that i didn't know were part of the interview and you know i, I at some point i got to put it on the people around the player to to warn them that this is a trap but i think between what we've seen with odell beckham what we've seen with jalen ramsey and what we now see with baker mayfield somebody got to be telling these guys you're walking into a trap and it kind of pisses me off that that these non-football writers can barnstorm in and draw all this stuff out of guys because they don't have to deal with them again. Right. It would be, you know, if you never have to deal with that guy again, you can chew him up and spit him out and make him look bad. Not that I'm saying you should do that, but I think they have that benefit where they can worry about making the best story possible, the most compelling quotes, because they don't have to have an ongoing relationship with those teams and with right. those players, and there's lines you don't cross. And I think you're crossing the line when you take those casual comments and use those against the players in the body of the story. Yeah, it, it is. It's a little below the belt that way. I, I agree with you. The, the player is not expecting that. He's not. It's just against the kind of the unwritten rules of the situation. And out of the fact that more times they're not with these type of stories too, they're not, they don't go through the team, right? So nobody there from the team is there to kind of watch over the proceedings to go, uh, hey, he's not going to answer that. Or to butt in when Baker Mayfield does say that and he said, hey, that was off the record, right? You know that, right? There was none of that. That's what happens when you go through, you know, guys' personal handlers or, you know, his group around him, the managers, whatever it may be, uh, this is the fine line you dance with. And, yeah, now Baker, he's going to have to deal with some of these questions this week. And and I don't know whether or not Baker Mayfield has a different marketing agent than football agent, 
But the football agent would be more likely to say, whoa, 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 whoa. No, you got to be careful with this. I think the marketing agent isn't viewing it through that same prism. Agreed. The marketing agent's agenda is to make the guy as big as possible. Right. This makes the guy as big as possible. And even if you have to deal with a little complication from time to time because the guy said something unfortunate, you know what? He still said something that people are talking about. So you get a lot of weird relationships. You get some conflicts of interest. And ultimately, you get guys smitten by the prospect of being on the cover of GQ yeah. and and you know the photo spread and everything that goes along with it and and I think they do let their guard down cuz they don't think of it as traditional sports media but every year they get somebody and every year it gives us something to talk about. So, hey, GQ, we don't mean anything by it. I mean, I guess, you know, we, we, we appreciate the fact that you're giving us something to talk about. We just don't like what you're doing to the NFL players because it does feel a little underhanded. Yeah, I, we'd like GQ and their writers to be a little more transparent and to go, okay, we're starting the interview. Or before, before the day even begins, announce it. Hey, everything from here on out, hey, nice to meet you, Baker. Everything from here on out is on the record and part of the article. Yeah, you got to make that some sort of statement or the player is going to feel, you know, uh, below the belt shot, low balled, whatever it may be. And, uh, you know, you made the point. These are young guys who, you know, we all think of them, oh, they're making money and they play football. So they are mature and they have all of, you know, life's answers already at this point. No, you know, Baker Mayfield's still a young man who's learning a lot on the fly and having a whole world thrusted upon him that he's never experienced before. I mean, even being the Heisman winner in Oklahoma, it ain't like this. It ain't like being the quarterback in the, in the NFL for the Cleveland Browns. They weren't GQ wasn't coming to Oklahoma to talk to him. I can promise you that. It's a different stratosphere, and uh, yeah, it is kind of a a cheap shot. It seems like, or at least how GQ's handling this, maybe not letting that be known. All right, we got more things we could talk about today, but I'll tell you what, this is enough time for PFTOT. We want to avoid PFTOTOT. We got plenty more things to get to as the preseason continues to unfold. Chris, sources close to me tell me that you're actually off tomorrow, but you'll be back Thursday and Friday. I kind of like the Chris Sims on Friday approach, although I know that that hey, that, yep, that whatever. Runs, that, that's like a religious thing for you. You can only have your four days per week. Yeah, but, you know, hey, whatever we got to do for Big Cat. I mean, he's a big deal, so I got to reschedule my whole schedule because of Big Cat. Damn guy. I mean, gosh, I don't know what he's got going on, but, geez, I'm doing it for him. All right, well, we'll have Big Cat tomorrow, although he doesn't do PFTOT. Oh, uh, he doesn't? No. Damn. No. I shouldn't have said that because now you're going to try to not Yep, do it. I'm not doing it Friday. The hell with you. All right. Uh, hey, buddy, have a great day. It was fun today. Everybody, check us out at profootballtalk.com. New Chris Sims on Button coming later today. A PFTPM with a Drew Brees interview and uh, plenty more. Profootballtalk.com all day long. See you Wednesday. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.